And welcome to an all new Marvelcast, Explosion Network's hub of all things Marvel. We're going to talk about everything MCO and beyond, from Avengers and Defenders to Grizzly and Machine Smith. My name's Ashley Dobley. Joining me today, Ultimate Kieran Marchant. Hi everyone, I hope you're all excited as I am to listen to talk to Dylan talk about something positively on this show. Yep. I'm not- and here's that Dylan, the astonishing Dylan Blight. I am very positive about most of these movies. Come on now. Well, but- any movie that doesn't have more than maybe three heroes cross over into each other. I, I said if it has more than four CGI's enemies. <laughs> the yeah, only exactly. Avengers movie exactly. I don't actually like is... Age of Ultron. Wait, that one's so shit. are the CGI ants in this movie like an exception or something? Because there are a lot of CGI beings. Yeah, but they're well, they're good guys. So oh, they're good guys. So if good about CGI, this- okay. Bad CGI people, not okay. All right, yeah, that's fine. no, it's not. It's not CGI. It's uh mass fight scenes in which your own like it's just goons being smacking around robots, which are generally no, CGI. CGI yeah. goons, because I think normal goons are fine. I think normal human goons are great because there's. Stunt, there's choreography and everything going into it a little yeah. bit more. CGI De- goons are... Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Right? Depends. Dep- it's just case-by-case case basis. Are CGI ants okay? Spoilers, yes, because they play the fucking drums. So... <laughs> 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 Alright, let's jump into it. With This week, we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. Now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance we've got is supposed to deal. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. Uh, released 2018, directed by Peyton Reed. Written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Paul Rudd. Andrew Barra and Gabriel Ferreira, based on Ant-Man by Stan Lee, Larry Lever, and Jack Kirby, starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lee, Michael Pena, Walton Goggins, Bobby Cannavale, Judy Greer, Tip T.I. Harris, David Deschmichelin, uh, Hannah John Kamen, Abby Ryder Forston, uh, Randall Park, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lawrence Fishburne, and Michael Douglas. Despite being under house arrest, Scott Lang, along with the Wasp, sets out to help Dr. Hank Pym to enter the quantum realm as they face new enemies along the way. Uh, Kieran, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp? I really enjoyed it. I think, uh, for me, it's one of the, like, one of the, probably the, one of the movies I've watched the least out of the MCU run. Um, I think it's fantastic. And I think it's fantastic without the, without all the superhero stuff, this is still a great movie. Like, I think the superhero stuff's great, but where this movie really shines is the, um, rapport and chemistry the actors have with each other throughout it. I think... Um, Rudd and uh, Evangeline Lilly both have like a fantastic um, chemistry on screen as well as Michael Douglas I actually really I'm always impressed with Michael Douglas because when Michael Douglas was like well not impressed as in 
he isn't like at the top of his heights throughout these movies, right? But at the same time as well, part of me when Michael Douglas was first announced for Ant-Man, I was, part of me was like, well, he's just wanting a paycheck. He you mean Jeff really, Bridges, right? I mean, Jeff, no, I don't get, no. I okay. do not get Douglas and Bridges confused. That's freaking Bridges and the other one I get confused. I can't remember the other one's name. They're both Jeff Bridges to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yes, I continue. Think, um, <laughs> other than that, I think uh, the introduction of Kenway's character, even though we're seeing that manifest more um, now through WandaVision, I think is actually done really well and how he does manifest into WandaVision is actually really, really well done. Um I think yeah. Overall, the only thing I do say, I think maybe, did this movie really need those like random mobster guys? Like really, like I guess like it was. It just I don't know. I felt like it was like too many, trying to have too many bad people. Just let you know, Lawrence uh, Fishburne. You need to have uh, actual bad guys. Yeah, exactly. That's why they were in there to be the yeah. actual bad people that yeah. you don't like. Yeah, I was about yeah. So yeah, that's Go what ahead, I was Dylan. gonna say. The, Gil- the, Dylan. I- Start your glo- your your <laughs> praise of the film. So, so no, every it's a very fun movie. It's very funny. It's got lots of good jokes. I enjoy all the humor. It just makes me laugh, much like the first one. Obviously, Paul Rudd's fantastic. Um, Evangelina Lil- Lily is the star of the show. Um, I really enjoy watching Wasp and the Ant Man as it's uh, cold inside my head cannon because that's what the movie is. Um, they're both great. Have great chemistry. Fight scenes are great. The bad guy. In this one, I also really enjoy, and I think it's sort of an underrated villain. And maybe the reason people don't talk about um, ghosts as much as other things, other villains, is because she's not actually a villain. But that's kind of why I like so much about this, because it isn't your typical Marvel just trying to, you know, it's someone who's who went for a big traumatic event, and he like as much as you, you're like, please don't do that, please don't kill those people, please don't do that thing. You understand how she's got driven to the state that she's in, causing her to. To want to, to to want to do the things and do the things that she well, wants to do, and that's what we I was discussing. We were discussing during the Infinity War episode, as well as um, Black, Black Panther, Panther, was that especially okay. So this run of three movies now have had villains that have more depth to them in terms of understanding what their motives are and why they're doing the things they're doing, not just because they're bad people. Um, mm. I think having you know you can quite realistically see ghosts. Um, kind of motivations just come out of sheer desperation to live, um, yeah. and and to survive. And even when she is talking about you know um, wanting to go and kidnap Cassie or whatever, it's it's you could tell she isn't doing it out of a you know twirling mustache evil villain kind of way. It's like a I'm I'm at the end of my rope here and I'm trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to do about any of this. Yeah, um, and I really hope she actually comes back in a in some form in a future film as a anti-hero or something like that, someone on the run or like maybe one of the TV series. I feel like if they were to bring it back, it would be like slotted in as a surprise character in one of the movies or a TV series or something and see how well she does before putting her in something else. But um, I really enjoy um, Hannah, whatever her name is, uh, in in that role. She's in a weird position though as well, considering that... um like Scott was had gone into the quantum realm for her at the time of the snap, as we see in the end, kind of uh, like the after credit scene, and um, Michelle Fiverr's character Douglas and um, Evangeline all disappear. That means there's a five year period where she doesn't have whatever they were doing to help her. 
And that she shit got. was snapped as well, yeah. And that shit was snapped as well. That's uh, the easiest that's, way to that's, explain. That's probably <laughs> yeah. the easiest way around that. Yeah. But I mean, could she get her, snapped? Her condition Ooh. can't get worse if she's snapped. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to presume she can. She's still alive technically. So, um, but of the as for um, Walt Goggins and those those goons in this movie, I don't mind them. I don't think they're forced. I think they're they're never pushed to be even the same level of villainy as the main bad guy. They're very much like in their position and they, they know where they are and then they're not really in the movie too much when you, when you actually look back on it you know they have, that, they have their first scene and then they're most prominent in the last action scene the the car chase stuff which is that whole car chase you know going small going big and all that sort of stuff that's just uh fantastic down san francisco with the big hills and all that sort of stuff i i, I love all that but also i would chuck out that i at least until someone proves me wrong i'm presuming because we never actually find out who he's working for that they can sort of they can tie him into being a working for a bigger villain down the road or something if they want to like loophole it or something along those lines. I don't. I, I don't yeah, think he, he ever said, says. He says a name when he's on the barge. I just can't. I never didn't write it down or anything. I think it's yeah, but yeah. I, obviously I don't know if that's, a, that's who he's selling it to. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Very yeah interesting. So I, I think there's like potential for for something there. Um, I'll also stand out this movie. Of course, we have. Uh, uh, FBI agent, uh, bloody, what's his name? Um, what's Jimmy his, what's Woo. His yeah, uh, Jimmy Woo, who, were you watching this after one, sorry, <laughs> were you watching this after WandaVision? Obviously, you get to the card trick and all that sort of stuff, and you, I, I felt like I was enjoying this a lot more having, well, as yeah, we're watching okay. WandaVision, obviously having his scenes stand out and that sort of stuff. Lawrence Fishburne is also really good uh, in this, I feel, like, I, I feel like he's used just the right amount. Um, and then the other thing that stands out to me is just how well the, um, when they go quantum and all that sort of, it's kind of like that, that level of Doctor Strange weirdness that I quite enjoy. I'm like, oh, show me more of that. Show me. And I know we're getting more of that because Ant-Man and the quantum verse or whatever the hell that movie is, is the third one. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's exciting. Um, cause yeah, much like Doctor Strange, when he goes into the, the void to fight the monster, I'm like, what is all this weird shit that, <laughs> that's going down here? This is like so many cool ideas that you, you could do down here. So many like really high, high concept sci-fi stuff. That's really exciting. Even um, there's the three characters we haven't mentioned yet, which is uh, Michael Pena and his two uh, friends, colleagues at XCon, um, which I think, again, he he doesn't have to be as much of that kind of comical, quote-unquote, psychic that we got the first time. because He's not for the most part. For, he's so. not for the most part. Mm. He definitely has sections, but I think that is because of the addition of, um, of Wu in his role. I think that kind of adds an extra layer of of comedy in that way, where uh, Pena doesn't have to do totally be that role anymore. We didn't, you know what? I was waiting for them. I remember when before we went in, I was waiting for them to stuff too much of his retelling of stories um, into this movie because of how well it went popular down in the first one, yeah. and how popular it was, and how kind of it kind of added to Pena's career in many ways. They they um, get away with it because the way in which they do it is. Like, it makes sense character-wise, and it, it adds a nice twist to it, having him under the truth serum, yes. with the guy being like, yes. it's not truth serum. <laughs> and even that, I love that gag of, that running gag of the truth serum right the way through. Like, I think it's- All the way uh, to the end where he's fun. like, it is a truth serum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That's good shit. Uh, yeah, fantastic film. I think it, it's one of the more well-balanced films across the, the board, obviously, way more comedic than some of the other things. Um. Like we said, one of the actual films that delves into the after effects of uh, Civil War. Uh, you actually 
there was some consequences for somebody. Clarified that uh, Ant Man took a deal. Um, you know, you know, it's it's just a great fun film. I think this is probably one of the ones I actually watched the most because you know it's just a good time. Um, yeah, well, it's perfect. It's like, hey, did you just watch Infinity War and Spider Man died and everyone's crying? How about we just have a warm journey? You <laughs> yeah, about some laughs with Ant Man where he gets shrunk to the size of a small kid and has to run around as Wasp makes fun of him, and you know, like it's yeah. just it's a very silly movie. Obviously, there's some serious side to it and whatever else, but it's definitely leaning a lot hit a lot to the side of just being more fun. And I think that was done on purpose, given where it was sitting in the in the order. Uh, in the phase, yeah. yeah. I think uh, the chemistry between Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd is even more better in this film. Uh, probably because they're even more equals, or Evangeline Lilly's even better than <laughs> Paul Rudd in this film, which I think is a good dynamic for them. Well, uh, in the first film, she didn't like her father and she didn't like uh, Paul Rudd, so... Yeah, like, she's much, she likes everybody in this film, so... Yeah. I guess Mostly. as well, Mostly. In, this, in this one, it isn't just like... Maybe from the outset, people might be like, oh, this is all about how Scott Lang is getting used to having a partner. When really, it's the other way around, because um, she's always, like, Hope has always thought that she could do everything by herself. Like, she was always that confident that she was better in pretty much every way than um, Scott is at it. Um, and it's it's her coming to the point of realizing that she needs to work with Scott as much as it is him coming together to realize that fact. Yeah. Well, the whole, the whole movie is just about the the vent the their family you know and it really is just like um scott's just along for the ride as they're yeah. they're dealing with the the sins of the father's past to a degree and trying to rescue their mother and whatever else that's why that's why in my head it is just wasp in there man yeah absolutely i think michael Douglas is he's got he's he gets to have, be, have more fun in this film i think the first one he, he was a bit more serious this one he's a bit more you know jokey in that yeah to uh, be- which is you have to be a lot more crotchety and old and annoyed. Yeah. Like, just kind of that sticking to that stereotype for much of it. Um, this time he's just annoyed the entire much. time. Yeah. You know, that whole scene with the Altoid box? Yeah, I also <laughs> just... <laughs> no. I appreciate him being the almost comic foil to um, Hope and Scott's kind of romance and love story because, like, every time they're having a moment... He's just kind of off to one side, squashing being like, <laughs> like just squashing it, be like, "What the fuck? Stop!" <laughs> like, um, it's uh, and I really do. I like that. I think it's really funny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love the the Michael Pena and all the guys doing the XCon thing, you know, and Michael Pena completely freaking out about running a business. Um, the truth serum scene, amazing. You know, uh, we got a brilliant. They brilliantly recapped the first film. So if you didn't see the first film, you're all caught up as to where Paul Ru- uh, Scott Lang is in his life emotionally right now. Such a great, <laughs> such a great way to bring that sequence back. Um, and another, that was like the other callback is of course the switch of Pope and Hank being in the prison, in the in holding, and Scott breaking him out, which I thought was a nice touch as well. So. Um, but I guess we'll jump into building the MCU. There's a few different characters we can talk about. Uh, first up, we got Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dan Dyne. Janet Van Dyne uh, debuted in Tales to Astonish 44, June 1963, created by Stanley, Ernie Hart, and Jack Kirby. Uh, only really comes in very late, but I think, she, you know, she's perfect motherly figure, I think, you know? Uh, and yeah, she's great, and presuming, we're, and she's, she's back for the third she's one, so... Back, yeah. 
Yeah. The only the only thing that not the only thing that pulls me out of the experience a tiny bit with her character is that there is seemingly, as far as we can see in this stage, there is no drawbacks of spending thirty years in the um like being that small. Like I don't know, my brain just equates it to like diving. How like if you come up too quick, you've got to decompress and shit. Um, but yeah, maybe that's going to come into play yeah. in the third movie that there's going to be side wrapped around her a little bit more and her, the side effects that happen because of it. But it's almost like, oh wait, we can't mention any of these side effects just yet because, because it'd be weird to start up. Snap. <laughs> yeah, because because snap and Endgame happening, it's like, well, we kind of just need to wait for that till later. I'll tell you what, between spending 30 years in the quantum realm and then spending five years dead, that's a, that's, it's <laughs> like 40 years of your life, like, in nothing. 40 years of history just gone. The five yeah. years don't count, though. Yeah, but time. Well, everyone else's time has forward, forward, so. Yeah, yeah but know. for her, she didn't age five years. I know, but it's still five years that you've missed with loved ones who were around that time or friends. You know what I mean? Like, t- yeah, time for everyone else's fair. move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, our hero, Randall Park, as Jimmy Woo. Uh, debuted in Yellow Claw Number One, October 1956, created by Al Files Feldstein and Joe Maline, Manili. Uh, really fun to see him in th- this again. Uh, and obviously, he's gone on to, on to greater success in One Division. Uh, you know where he's uh, he proved to be the hero everybody needed. I assume. I was saying to Ash the other day off recording how much the scene where. He comes like comes in to check on Scott or whatever, and and then they say something about going for dinner, and then yes. he goes to walk away, and he's like, "Do you want to go out for dinner though?" <laughs> and Scott's like, "No, no, I'm good." <laughs> whatever, like it's just he's he's such a funny quirky character. <laughs> yeah, I do. It it kind of makes it how like the rapport between um him and Scott Lang is always very interesting. Like it's always very funny, and especially it's believable that they have been regularly seeing each other for the last like three years or whatever and he has tried to establish this relationship with scott and it's almost like even though he's pretending to be the straight fbi agent that's like doing right by the law and he's trying at the same time he's kind of like he's pretty cool i'd like to be his friend like you know like you could tell that's like behind the scenes him like like, being wanting to close that gap a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh shout out to randall park for that scene where he lists explains the supposed records to a little girl (laughs) <laughs> I thought that was great at the opening. What, a, what an introduction. Uh, but yeah, then we've also got uh, Hannah John Cameron as Ava Star slash Ghost, debuted in Iron Man. Well, Ghost debuted in Iron Man 219, June 1987, created by David Micheline and Bob Layton. Uh, and then Lawrence Fishberg as Bill Foster, who debuted in The Avengers 32, September 1966, created by Stanley and Don Heck. Do you think we'll see these two again? Dylan does. Uh, yes. Kieran? Yeah, I'd say so. I think um, Fishman's character's got great backstory considering he was Giant Man at one point. Um, was he Giant Man or is he Goliath. Goliath? That's the one. That's the one. Black he was Goliath, Goliath at one point. We'll just call him Goliath. Him, him, and, um, him and Scott talking about how big they've grown. Like, like that comparison's just quite funny, just in like the small talk of them having their kind of almost geeking out moment between the two of them of being able to grow to that size. Um, but I think Ghost... A, I thought the effects around Ghost's character as well as her abilities looked fucking cool as. Even just, like, the moment-to-moment, um, like, stills of facial expressions not being quite caught properly, I thought was really cool. 
Um, I'd like them both to be around. I don't know in what form they're going to show up. Like uh, at the same time, you kind of you. I was thinking about it yesterday while I was watching it. I was like, oh, should she have been there during the end game? At the same time, I was like, nah, probably would have been weird if she was fighting with them. Um, no. We were we don't know her well enough in that context, so I'm sure she'll pop up somewhere down the line. Yeah, so Stan Lee sighting. Uh, Lee appears as a pedestrian whose car is shrunk by wasps. He remarks, well, the 60s were fun, but I'm paying for it now. <laughs> that was actually uh, a funny one. I like, I like this one. Yeah. Uh, and that's been your Stan Lee sighting for this week. Uh, Kieran, what's your most marvelous moment? Most marvelous moment was probably the car chases. The car in general, like having that being designed as a mechanic of... A mechanic, like it's a game. The side is a <laughs> thing utilized um, that they they've worked on growing and shrinking um, cars. I thought that was really fun and really great. I was almost really, I was also really sad that they didn't use more cars out of the um, Hot Wheels uh, rally box. Like I wish that that had come into play a bit more of them using. Different it turns cars into and, Fast and Furious. For yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, like just for like that section, that'd be cool. That is a feature of the like if Pena and the two. Um, Ex-cons were both used different cars and they were weaving in and out and jarring up and down like that would have been quite fun at the same time. Um, but no, I really enjoyed that as a whole and I think also the action around those cars and around the, the kind of heist as well as um, Scott like using a truck as a scooter was uh, was quite fun at the same time. Just ripping up the road, like completely <laughs> destroying it. <laughs> ripping up the city, yeah. Uh, Dylan, what's your most marvelous moment? Um, I was gonna say the car chase as well because yeah, it's it's just it's just a ridiculously fun <laughs> chase sequence and action scene. Uh, but I'll go runner up. I'm just gonna go with the opening scene with him and his daughter because I think that just that's just kind of the embodiment of Scott as a character. Obviously, a big part of his character in the comic is his relationship with his daughter, and that's like the biggest part that carries over to this translation. And um, it's just a very adorable, um, well put together scene, uh, elaborate. <laughs> elaborate thing he's built within his house and everything like that um it's just a lot of fun and it's just paul rudd being at his most like sort of Adorable. paul ruddiness <laughs> i guess yeah like yeah he's just he's, he's great there and the girl's great there so yeah i love that scene in my opinion you know poking his hand in but like, oh do this security thing more cameras or whatever and then him, him having to like wind the thing to activate the the fucking stuff or whatever Internet. on the outside of yeah. it yeah yeah it's 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 good uh, I would also say the car chase because that is that it might be the one of the best endings to a far more film so far. Yeah, well, as I yeah, well, you know, I usually hate the end of Marvel films because action scenes are usually shit towards the end. This is a movie where the action scene at the end of the movie is actually good. So, yeah. Um, I don't know what else. I, I guess maybe the the scene where they they're being all held hostage. You know, and they break out the ants, you know, and they all escape with the, the hotel and all the building, you know, and Scott's phone <laughs> goes off. It's an emergency. Do you have my soccer shoes, Dad? <laughs> so my, 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 my third one was going to be the wasp first fight scene because I just remember sitting in the cinema and just loving like, that scene God, and her introduction finally. and um, just like how cool it is, you know, her running along the kitchen table, the running between the knives, like diving off them all that sort of stuff like because obviously that's her big solo action scene in this film and yeah, yeah it's it's really i mean good. in the car chase she's the one doing the most damage really she is but in and out of cars popping up taking out all the yeah. goons it's just it doesn't have that level of uh it's a different sort of action scene to the yeah, to the kitchen definitely. one i guess yeah uh 
another couple of key things. I really love that. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Bobby Cannavale and uh, oh, he's whatever Kathy or whatever, isn't it? Something like that. Uh, Judy Greer. Oh, Judy Greer. Super yeah. love. Super. <laughs> super love him now. Poor Rod now. Yeah. You know? the, the change was he saved the daughter. So <laughs> yeah, just hugs so, all the time. Yeah, everybody groups in. They really want the best for him and everything. You know, like oh Scott's yeah. sick. Oh poor Scott. No, <laughs> yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, uh, I love the conversation between him and uh, Cassie. Where he said it's talking about the partners, and Cassie's upset that it's it's not he, her. I thought it was me. Yeah, and that ties into what, at the end of the movie, which is a great scene. And they reveal that they're actually not in a drive-in. I also thought that was great. <laughs> it's a fucking laptop drive-in. <laughs> it was almost... The, the other thing was, it hurts my brain a little, to, thinking about, like, the physics of, like, the cars growing smaller, but they maintain their speed or even go faster, as well as, like, how Wasp flies and stuff like that while she's small, and I'm like, it hurts my brain. I think you're supposed to... Be, like, no, yeah. I don't think you're yeah. supposed to. It's not one of those <laughs> yeah. things. I mean, you're supposed you, to, you're the supposed density to look at. helps them to move faster. It propels them quicker through the air. Sure, sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. That's fine. If it was, if it was a sci-fi movie, not a fucking superhero yeah, film, then I, might, I may be like, yeah. your your yeah. science is wrong here. But yeah. at the same, t- yeah, it's not that it ruined it. It was just something that I was like thinking about throughout it while I was watching the the car scenes, where I'm like. How does that work? It um, doesn't. But, yeah, but it, it would be a lot more boring if the car slowed down to, <laughs> to, to an yeah. actual realistic speed. Uh, another great scene, Janet Van Dyne possessing Paul Rudd's body. Uh, him and Michael Douglas holding Michael hands. Michael Douglas just holding hands or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and then him coming too, yeah. Pretty great. He just holds the hand up, yeah. That's great. And then those damn seagulls, man. Yeah, I forgot about that until this rewatch, and then I again was like, "What the fuck? This is like murder happening on my screen right now. It's Can ridiculous." <laughs> also, freaking the fact that so last movie, one of the biggest things was that um, everybody loved Anthony, and that Paul Rudd called his aunt Anthony, and they had this relationship. And you know, Yellow Jacket was the best shot in the world because he shot an ant out of midair. But you know, let's not go back to it that was point. Lucky. It was a mm. lucky shot, um, but then. I feel like they flip, they like flip reversed it this time, where it's like, if he named an ant, it was gonna die mm. very quickly. Like yep. just like, especially the one that heartbroke me was the last one that was Antonio Banderas. I was like, <laughs> that's an amazing name. That's fantastic. <laughs> and then it like dies like so quickly. I'm like, oh, he, need, he needs to stop naming the ants. Absolutely. I guess is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Uh, you know, he got, he turned really giant this time. Like. You did go very, very big. Uh, I did, Giant. I also enjoy it. <laughs> the humpback whale. I think it's a humpback whale uh, at first, and then uh, him showing up, and then just poking Walton Goggins <laughs> to the ground. I just enjoy that. I eat people. <laughs> Whatever he says. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so brilliant. And again, shout out to the ant that is just filling in for Scott the entire time. Doing a good job. Yeah. Good. Filling in uh, for that whole five years between this film and Endgame, I take it. I just presume. Yeah, he that- just assumed he's, keep- <laughs> he's He's probably still staying in that house. He's, st- he's still staying in the house, just drumming away, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely oblivious, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, comics recommendation for this week. We've got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Lost and Found. Uh, written by Mark Wade, penciled by Javier Garon. Uh, 
So we've got Ant-Man who's stuck out in whatever planet Nova's on. Uh, he needs to get back home for Cassie's birthday. And the only person he can ask for help is the new Wasp, uh, Nadia Van Dyne. Uh, who's quite different to... to uh, she's, she's her, So I didn't know anything about this character. And uh, finding out she's basically Black Widow crossed with Wasp, I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> and a teen. That was the other thing that, was, that mm. makes the dynamic a bit different. Um, yeah, you know, hard, you know, mistakes happen. They end up like in the mar- the quantum verse or whatever, uh, and hijinks ensue. <laughs> uh, I I thought it was quite charming. You know, I uh definitely warmed me up to uh Nadia Van Dyne and made me interested in possibly going back and reading some of her comics. Uh, apparently she was Avenger already, <laughs> uh, but mostly she's like in the Champions or whatever. Uh, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, be interested to read some of that. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty interesting, good time. A lot of sciencey shit. I'm like, a lot of it going straight over the head. Uh, but yeah, good time. Cool character designs. I can't remember what the dude is who they. It's <laughs> like starts of G or something. I can't. They were remember. good buddies with uh, the entire yeah. time. But yeah, yeah. Tell them what you think. Yeah, I, I, re- I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's it's just it's m- nearly all of the comic takes place in the quantum realm and does a lot of interesting things with the uh not only like what happens when you shrink 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 all the way down and like what's what's down there what's happening down there oh there's well you bump into a city of people who are like there's a giant thing trying to kill us which is on its own kind of funny it's it's literally like uh gulliver's travels uh gulliver's island yeah. or whatever that's got yeah um to a degree with uh wasps coming down so that was quite entertaining in the first issue um uh, and then stuff they do towards the end of the 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 five issue run uh, was also really cool where they're like, well, what happens if you stay in the quantum realm for too long? Like, what happens? Start what? What does that do to your body and um, all this sort of stuff? And I enjoyed the back and forth um, between Wasp and Scott in this as they have to learn to uh, work together and trust one another to a degree. So, uh, yeah. And as I said, I knew nothing about her character and seeing the there's a little sequence where it gives you a sort of a backstory on her, and I was like, wow, that's that's actually quite interesting. I wouldn't mind knowing more about. Uh, uh, her her character and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Karen, uh, I really liked it. I think yeah, spending any amount of time in the quantum realm is really fun in these um, comics because it gives the um, artists a chance to make some really interesting and detailed backgrounds that they might not normally get a chance to make where it's all normal kind of city skylines and urban areas. Um, but other, I think the five issue runs like a perfect size. Like it's, it's really good to kind of be kept there. I know a lot of the other ones we've read so far, we've only done like five issues, but then it's five issues, part of a much bigger series. So you don't really get to get the whole, um, narrative out of it. So I thought it was, yeah, it was really solid. Well, I presume it's continued in a different name because it has a cliffhanger to a degree. So I I haven't looked it up, but you know what I mean? Like the, the last panel, it's like. It continues okay. up with another storyline or another, yeah. Probably yeah, because the way it ended, I was like, I would like knowing how that No, Dylan, do you want to know why so. you probably wouldn't like to know? Because it, it takes... Because it, 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 it probably goes to some crossover event yeah, where okay, there's I'm like out, five I'm to out, six I'm heroes down, and you're like, nah, down, I'm good, yeah, thank I'm, you. Some sort of yeah. team event, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. All right, uh, that's all for this episode of All New Marvel Cars. Let us know what you thought of the film, Ant-Man the Wasp, or the comic, Ant-Man the Wasp, Lost and Found. Uh, by heading over to Twitter, you'll find us all on Twitter by going to explosion.com slash Twitter. On our next episode of the MCU Rewatch, we'll be discussing Captain Marvel. So make sure you watch that and join us next time for another all-new Marvel cast. Mm-hmm.